Hi there, this is Nicolette Richet, your host of the Eat Real to Heal podcast. If you or someone you know has been diagnosed with a chronic degenerative disease and you've tried everything, every diet, therapy, medication, surgery, treatment, and you still can't get results, then this is the podcast for you. My guests, the research that we present, and my personal stories of helping hundreds of clients cancel surgeries, get off prescription medications, and even reverse their debilitating illnesses will inspire you to reclaim your health and to take back your life. Everything you learned in this podcast is about using organic, plant-strong, whole foods as medicine to reverse hundreds of so-called incurable chronic degenerative diseases. This podcast is a mix of real healing hero stories and in-depth conversations with leading scientists and doctors in the nutritional medicine realm. Sit back, get comfortable, and enjoy. Hi everyone, Nicolette Richet here with the Eat Real to Heal podcast, and I am with Eva Chipiak out of Studio X, Bikram Yoga, and the Green Mustache on Jasper Ave in Edmonton, Alberta. So Eva is one of our incredible franchisees who decided to go out on a limb. She is a lawyer as well, that's lawyer by trade, but she decided to open up a yoga studio and a green mustache, and now that's what she is doing. She is bringing the love of breath work, of stretching the body and moving the body, um, of healing and mindfulness and meditation alongside the beautiful gifts of a plant-based, whole foods, 100% organic lifestyle and diet. And I'm so happy to have you here on the podcast today, Eva. I know how busy you are managing not only two businesses, but also being a lawyer at the same time. So welcome to the show. Thank you. It's nice to be on. Very nice to have you. So the reason I wanted to uh, interview Eva, I mean, all of our franchisees are incredible um, individuals, but Eva has a particularly unique story because she was diagnosed with cancer. Um, and that, I imagine, was part of the reason, and I know that it was part of the reason for you wanting to bring health and whole food healing and yoga to the world as well. Um, is that correct? 100%, yeah. Nice. So do you want to... So- can you share that story? Um, let's start with the being diagnosed and what that looked like leading up to that. What was that experience like for you and how did you even know that you had cancer? Sure. And it's funny, I just mentioned it in class this morning. So um, what happened was, as I was working, doing my busy day to day, nine to five, nine to eight, nine to nine, legal career, and everything was going just fine. I introduced I was introduced to yoga so I started really getting a little bit more regular with my practice practicing almost daily at this point because I was enjoying it so much and one day I came back from a business trip and I it was I think Saturday and I had really bad pains in my stomach and I didn't know what was going on and it would just progressively getting worse and worse and worse to the point that I presented myself at the ER and I wouldn't have gone if it was just a little bit of pain. Um, So I was there at ER and they said after waiting probably eight hours or something, by the time I was seen by a doctor, the pain had subsided, but it was a long stretch of really, really intense pain in the stomach. 
And they said at the end of it all, we can't see anything. I think they did an x-ray at the time. We can't see anything. Um, good news is we don't see anything. Bad news is, no, good news is, sorry, it was. it's not gall gallstones. Bad news is we don't know what it is. Go home, enjoy your life. And I'm like, okie dokie, I'll do that. Um, six months later, exactly the same thing happens. Like super bad pain in my stomach. I can't really breathe. It's really hard to move anything. And I wasn't planning to go to the hospital because I didn't think anything would result same way it did last time. But my mom saw me and she's like, you're going to the hospital. So we go to the hospital and this time on the x-ray, they saw something on my pancreas. So immediately the next, in, immediately they're doing a CT scan as well. So it's all happening right away because they're concerned now that they see something on the pancreas and maybe a little bit of something on my lungs. So they check things out very quickly. And given that I'm very young and there's something on my pancreas, everybody's working very quickly now. Like I get um, ultrasound a couple days later and so they do see that there's something happening. I had some scopes just to double check, do biopsies, see what it was. Sure enough, it's cancer that they diagnosed me with. They just weren't sure 100% which type of pancreatic cancer. Um, so within, I'd say, I think it was three months, they scheduled me for surgery. So everything is happening incredibly quickly. And you were um, practicing at this time, working as a lawyer at this time? Yeah practice like still practicing I, I'm sure yoga every day because it kept me sane and yeah. um, happy and but working throughout this whole time because I didn't know what was going on and then I actually scheduled the surgery over New Year's so I was um, over New Year's in the hospital um, and basically they removed half my pancreas and said I had one consult at the end of it with an oncologist and they said Good luck with your life. Hopefully this doesn't happen again. And I was like, uh, what? should I like be eating anything different? Should I be doing anything different? Also, my brother had cancer two years prior. So, or a couple of years even before that. And I said, should we do genetic testing or something? I don't know. This is yeah. pretty weird. Both of us in our 30s have cancer. And they said, no, they're unrelated. Um, just enjoy your life and do whatever you feel like doing. Okay. My one consult. So both of you are in your 30s and you both get diagnosed with cancer within two years and they just say they're unrelated and um, and because they're not the same type of cancer. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. He had Hodgkin's lymphoma. Okay. I had pancreatic cancer. Right. So they didn't want to look at any environmental. No. Okay. Um, which I think is interesting because often when I consult with clients, I ask, you know, where did you grow up? What was your lifestyle like? Um, and then I, what year were you born in that place where you grew up? Where did you spend the most amount of your time? And then I often do, um, you know, some research and figure out what was happening on an environmental level because we know that 97% of all chronic diseases, which includes cancers, are environmentally caused. So whether that means it's a toxin in the environment or a lifestyle and stress and, you know, lack of exercise, smoking, it could be diet. I mean, all of those things are environmental factors. Um, but that didn't trigger any, n nobody wanted to investigate for you. No. Yeah. No, and we put it to them and they dismissed it very quickly. Wow. So then, um, okay, so then you're diagnosed, you go through this whole process, you get the surgery, and then you're just kind of sent on your way. And did they say, like, let's follow you up in a month, in two months, six months? What was the... 
not even no no follow-up nothing at all it was just like i said enjoy your life and i said should i be getting scans or anything like that again and they said no um you cut it early what another part part that's quite interesting about my diagnosis too though is when i presented at the at the emergency i presented with pain and i said there's this pain so that's why they assume maybe gallstones the first time and then when they finally saw what the diagnosis was they said well you know the pain is unrelated because cancer patients pancreatic cancer people don't present with pain and i'm like well it's this pain that brought me here it's this pain that i'm feeling that i'm coming to you for um that but they were dismissive of that as well because typically uh, patients didn't come in with that but then when i looked at this the few studies they have of this type of cancer because it's a very very rare form of cancer mm. generally the people that are diagnosed unfortunately are older alcoholic men yes so their bodies are a little bit more numb like they probably can't feel the pain it's there it's presenting to them but they don't feel it because they're drinking um so they they don't present with the same thing and usually it's very fatal because it's already in the la later stages whereas exactly. because i presented with the pain early they caught it incredibly early and they were able to you know just cut the my pancreas off in half and then get rid of that mm -hmm. that part so that that was one thing that frustrated me so much i've never had that pain again in my life since that we i had the surgery but that was where things in my lifestyle i decided to change a little bit i obviously recognize the benefit of yoga and how it makes me in touch with my body because mm -hmm. it was when i was practicing regularly yoga that i felt that pain and i was able to hear what my body basically was yelling at me that there's something wrong in my body yeah that is incredible that you did look at um a lot of people dismiss those things. So they would take painkillers. They would, um, you know, go sleep it off. They would, you know, try and do anything. They'll like, you know, to avoid going to the doctors, to avoid going to emerge. Um, and then, you know, you also have people who run to emerge and run to their doctors with the slightest bit of pain. So I imagine that for people who are reading this, you know, that are listening to this podcast, that they might say, oh my gosh, I've had pain like that. And, you know, could it be cancer there? And, you know, we have one in two people now being diagnosed with cancer in North America. Um, it's an epidemic and it's an epidemic that we're not talking about from the preventative side and the treatment side, other than the chemo surgery radiation. Um, thank goodness. I mean, the new Canadian food guide just came out today and they've actually taken dairy off of the food chart oh, wow. and which is amazing they've also um, said that a plant-based diet is the way to go to prevent health um, and maintain health as well and to prevent all of these chronic diseases but um, and I've seen it in so many cases we had another podcast with a woman who had a diagnosed brain tumor and they just said yeah we don't need to see you maybe come back in a year or something like that just very nonchalant and when she came back in a year um then, you know, she came in with like excruciating pain. She was vomiting. She was, you know, at like had seven days of this and she could not even get a CT scan. And they just looked at her and said, oh, no, we think it's something happening in your inner ear. It has nothing to do with your brain tumor. And they refused to scan her. And she would have gone home and died. So, um, and so what they found out actually is that because her husband said, no way, we're going to like pay for the MRI ourselves. We're going to go figure out what's happening inside your brain. And they came back and immediately rushed her, rushed her to surgery because her brain tumor had doubled in size. Now, I talk about this because of the fact that um, 
And would you agree with me that when it comes to our body, number one, you do have to know your body. And if you're numbing it with the alcohol and the um, sleeping pills and the pain meds, then you're not going to experience pain and you're not going to know what your threshold is and you're not going to probably know, like, when is the moment where you go to the doctors or to emergency room? And do you have any advice about that? Like, how do you feel now that you've gone through this? Um, I'm sure there's times when you have indigestion or you have pains in your body, but, you know, how do you analyze them so that you're making... Um, a decision that's wise for you in the moment? Oh, well, like the, the severity of the pain was such that like there was no way of just numbing it with some painkillers or sleeping it off. Like it was, like I said, my body basically yelling at me yeah. to do something because I'd never experienced that kind of pain in my life. Um, like sure, I've had indigestion and things like that before, but this was on a different scale and like the second time I I was hesitant to go only because of how dismissive the medical system was the first Mm -hmm. time with that kind of pain that I was in the first time like I couldn't drive it was like basically I was immobile um I it was hard to breathe Mm -hmm. and yet with that those kind of symptoms they're like well there's nothing wrong with you just go home and it did clear up after a good like 12 hours, but it was 12 hours of really, really intense pain. Mm -hmm. And so the second time when it happened, I did question myself about going to the hospital because I said, they're, they're not, they're going to do the same thing they did the first time. There's no point to go. I, it'll just go away in 12 hours or something. Mm -hmm. I'll be fine. But it was more at that time too. My mom's like, you look like you're going to, pass out you need to go see a doctor and so I did but it it was an like a severe pain yeah and I do hear that as well and it's um where clients of mine say that they just don't want to go to the doctor because the doctor is not going to do anything but you need to go to the doctor because sometimes you need to have the lab results drawn you need to have you know be put into the machine and have the scan and really truly see what's going on inside of you so it's so important for people to advocate for themselves and to advocate for their health and really um say you know um and I usually suggest just saying you know what this is super important. This is not normal. I need to get an answer to this. I need to know what is going on in my body. It's not that you're just there to get a pill or, you know, to get a laxative. In one case with my clients, when he ended up actually having a full bowel obstruction and had to get his bowel removed, um, you know, and, but he was sent home with a laxative and painkillers. And I mean, mm-hmm. I have a hundred stories like this. So I really encourage my um, clients and I'm sure you encourage your students as well. Um, and friends and family that you have to advocate for yourself because nobody's going to do it for you. Right. And that it is important going through the medical system to advocate for you. It's, it's a bit, I think, unfortunate that we have to advocate for ourselves, especially when we're in that kind of position, when we are likely in pain, there's a reason we're presenting ourselves to a medical practitioner who has that kind of knowledge and expertise But yet even my friends that are in the medical profession tell me myself, you have to advocate for yourself. It's, I think, unfortunate that you don't have that kind of champion helping you through the process, but you really have to or have somebody strong around you to help you with it. Yeah. And so 
moving ahead then, so you advocate for yourself, you get the test done, they find out you have the surgery, and then they say, you're on your own, off you go, um, do whatever you want, have a good life, good luck. Um, yeah. So when did, so before that time, would you say you had like a really healthy diet or was it, you know, I imagine busy lawyers probably, you know, you see it on suits that they're grabbing hot dogs at the stand. Was that you or were you, you know, more health conscious around food already? Definitely more, more than that, the show, and which I just recently watched. <laughs> it's not realistic. Okay, good. <laughs> That's what I tell people. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, I didn't think I was living an unhealthy life. Definitely, it was more like the societal, like drinking a little bit much in, in the legal profession. There's a little bit of that, like it's quite social. And so it could have been that and just later nights. And then when you look at really what we eat in North America, really a lot of it isn't food, basically. So although mm. I thought I was eating you know, a pretty healthy, balanced diet, like not too extreme one way or the other. If I look back at it to 100%, that wasn't what food really is. It would be processed. It would be lots of uh, preservatives and things like that and just chemicals going into my body. Um, So I thought it was balanced. I thought it was pretty good. But the more you learn, the more I, I understand how things work. It certainly wasn't. Right. And that's, I I mean, it's a transition for everybody and it's an evolution when it comes to understanding food because the marketers have been incredible at, you know, tricking us into believing that, um, you know, the classic saying is that vegan, organic, gluten-free Oreo cookies are healthy um, because it's a healthier alternative to what, I don't know, it still has all the refined flour, the refined sugar, the refined oils, the refined chemicals and synthetic chemicals. But I'm curious about this Canadian food guide coming out because, um, you know, it says eat plants, but does that mean people are just going to be eating bags of kale chips and, you know, um, you know, apple chips and dehydrated apple chips, or will they actually go to the work of like buying the apple and chewing it and, um, putting the work into eating? Cause I mean, I know, you know, more than anyone out there, um, making plant-based whole food from scratch is labor intensive. You would agree? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And you do that all day long for your customers. (laughs) Yeah, we do it all day long. And what like, it's just actually so much fun to watch people's reactions and and have them eat food for the first time. Like, I'll go and ask them how it is. And then people will be like, it tastes like it's homemade. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, because it is. It's just from scratch vegetables, nothing extra in it. It is. It's just food. Like, people are getting that reminder every day. And what I love about that, too, is that your mom actually helps out at the cafe, doesn't she? Oh, yeah. She's our our soup lady, Yeah, this, she loves. Yeah. I love it. And she makes the most amazing borscht. It's so delicious. Um, and, yeah, you have to go into the Edmonton location and try that borscht because even though we have recipes for it at our other locations, it is not the same as your mom's, which are, like, so delicious and incredible. Um, and how old is your mom? Can I ask? She'll probably... 
she probably won't let me tell you. Okay, so let's just say. In, in her heart, she's 35. Yes, and you know what? When you see her and give her a hug, you feel like you are hugging a 35-year-old. She's incredible. <laughs> but I love the first conversation that we had with her because it was all about making food from scratch. It was all about, and I remember her tasting our food and being like, oh, yes, and really like savoring the flavors of these, you know, fresh, whole, abundant, you know, incredible organic foods. And it, and. I often say our cafes are like grandmother's cooking and they're often, you know, like the way people used to cook a hundred to 120 years ago before the processed food industry came in. So yeah, it is a lot of work. So then what did you do afterwards then? So after they sent you on your merry way and said, go back to your life as usual, um, what, what did you start doing? Did you start researching, investigating things? Um, your brother had been diagnosed two years earlier. So did that impact you as well? On well, um, it did help in that, like he, what helped with Adam being diagnosed before me is that he was just so mentally strong about it that he's like, okay, I have cancer. Now I have to fight it and be done with it. So when I was diagnosed with cancer, that was basically my only thought. I'm like, okay, I guess this is just something I have to deal with and get over. So I didn't really um, dwell in it so much or feel like I've been a victim, which I think is the most important thing. You have to be very strong mentally uh, in order to get through anything that life throws at you, but particularly cancer because it's something in the body and like every thought you have affects your body. But so I was, I had surgery, like I said, over New Year's. I think I took about two weeks off and then went back to work for the biggest case that I've ever had in my life. Wow. So I was back on my feet really quickly after. But the whole time I had a seed in my planted in my head that this isn't going to last for a very long time. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to finish things off nicely. But I had um, looked at going into yoga teacher training. And then I'd see postings of teaching yoga in Bali or Ireland or Philippines and I'm like well that sounds really nice so and I thought like that's the way I'm going to be able to focus on myself take care of myself and just not worry about all these other things that you know really aren't as important as my own body so I worked through I think at just over a year and then after a year or so I quit my job and I decided to become a yoga teacher and travel the world which I did for four years, traveled out of a suitcase basically and and popped, popped around the world. That is amazing. Um, and would you say, I mean, nobody would ever say like that they would wish to or want to gift cancer or any type of chronic disease onto someone else. But would you say for yourself, having gone through that experience, that that was a a gift or, you know, an awakening, an eye opener? Like, would you, do you think you would have just packed up your bags and gone traveling anyway? I can't say 100%. Yes, probably yes, but that probably pushed me a little bit more. I could tell you, though, Adam, which you're welcome to talk to another time, or I think he's now hidden somewhere. But he actually says that because he was diagnosed on his 30th birthday. Wow. And he's very um, confident in saying that it was the best birthday present he ever had in his life. Because he wasn't happy with what he was doing. I didn't mind. I like being a lawyer. I still have always liked it. I love helping people in the way I, I have and I can. Adam was studied to be a dentist and 
really didn't like that path. Mm -hmm. There was something he wanted to help people, but he found that that wasn't the way to get um, that kind of uh, whole um, care taken care of him, taking taking care of others. So he feels that on his 30th birthday, he got the best gift of his life. Now he's walking back. Um, he's better to share this story. So he advocates that all the time. He thinks he gave himself cancer because he wanted to a, a change in his life. So wow. it's, he gave, gave himself that gift so he could change his life the way he needed a change. And now he just focuses on health and wellness, teaching yoga, taking care of himself from the inside out. That's incredible. I love Jim Ron's quote, which basically says that um, it's, you know, you have to love your body because it's the only place you have to live. So treat it oh, well, yeah. you know, and it's just, it, and it's so true. You have this one body and you have this one time on earth and really by the foods that we eat, the lifestyle that we live, the meditation, the yoga, the breath work, the cold showers in the morning, the kriyas, um, you know, the detoxification, uh, different cleanses, like through everything that you can do, it could be running and exercise, it could be loving your job, being in a healthy relationship. I mean, all of those contribute to um, creating an environment that your cells live in that are going to be either conducive to health or they're going to be conducive to disease. Um, and so one part I'd like to know is, did you ever... so? And what I don't like doing with my clients, because my clients all always do this, they like to find out the reason why they were, you know, they were diagnosed with their cancer or chronic disease. They'll say, it's because I didn't have a good relationship with my mother, or I had, you know, my parents divorced when I was 14, or, you know, it was that toxin, that one cookie that I ate, you know, at a birthday party when I know I shouldn't have. And, um, but the one area, though, that I definitely often encourage my clients to go to is the place of stress and for you did you have a stressful was it like a stressful period in your life leading up to the time when you were diagnosed or did you find you handled stress well or was that ever something that you contemplated for you because it's different for everybody yeah definitely contemplated but I haven't like I like I said I tried not to dwell on the fact that I had it and or why uh, right. it was just something I got and I had to deal with it oh yeah get through it like I always try to think that I'm not such a stressful person but I think it's innately in our bodies it's mm -hmm. in us whether or not we show it one way or another somehow our bodies hang on to it even if like there's a little like a traffic outside or something like that it it absorbs it in a different way than like a toxic relationship would probably present a little bit differently in the body but I 100% agree that any type of stress will affect the body. So whether or not it was from my office or from a relationship or anything like that, or a lack of relationship, then it, it all affects us in the end, 100%. Whether it's every day a little bit or one big thing that really affects us, like I don't know. And I, I, mm -hmm. I just try to see how I can be take care of myself every day a little bit differently and yoga definitely yeah. helps so much with the stress aspect of it all yeah I have so many students who say the same thing and I mean I taught yoga for years as well and I know how it helps um, we're on a 365 day yoga challenge um, so every morning we wake up and at six o'clock we're in our studio and doing yoga and 
Um, we've just inviting community members to come and be like, join us for 365 days of yoga and just see what that feels like to breathe and to stretch and to be mindful, but also to be real, to also acknowledge and be like, today sucks and I don't feel like stretching and I don't want to do another 30 minutes. But then once you do it and you get through it, there's always that aha, like I'm so glad that I gave that time to my body. And what I love about your story, and I can't wait to do a podcast with your brother, Adam, because um, I think it's going to be two very different podcasts. And at the end of the day, everybody has a story that resonates with someone. And I really love your approach because, um, and maybe it, you know, if we were to give you a personality test, I'm so curious if, you know, your decision-making process along the way um, would match your personality type. But I do love how, you know, you're like, okay, step one, step two, this is what needs to be done. This is what needs to be done next. And I'm sure it wasn't so cut and dry easy like that. But um, what would you say to the people who, um, you know, maybe diagnosed for the first time and, you know, and they become quite fear-based where they're like, oh, I don't know if I should do what my oncologist is saying. What if I tried this? What if I tried that? Because so many people go down that road as well where, and as you know, when you have, um, was yours a fast-growing or a slow-growing cancer? Did they ever tell you? I don't know. Okay. I'm not sure they said anything about that. They just said, okay, we need surgery. Let's go. Right. And you said, okay, let's go do it. And great. Yeah. Let's go do it. Um, and I have clients that'll, you know, say, oh, no, I don't want to do that because I'm afraid of the anesthetic. I'm That's not good for me. Or I'm afraid of this or I'm afraid of that. And they enter it from a place of fear. Um, and do you have any advice for people when, I mean, and it's so hard because when the person's in the moment, but some of these nuggets from this podcast will stay with the listeners for sure. Um and any suggestions on, you know, what they can do when they're in the moment and they don't know what to do and they feel almost frozen with fear, which sounds to me like that wasn't the case with you. So I'm just curious if you have any insight that you can lend there. Yeah, I think because it was in the pancreas that I immediately understood that something quick needs to happen because from my understanding of pancreatic cancer, it's not one that is slow to move. Mm -hmm. um, so when I heard surgery, immediately, I that there wasn't even an option there. But I think that's the root of it too. Like if you're going at anything with fear, that fear is going to be in the body. And so it's kind of like doubting yourself. So if mm -hmm. you're making a decision, whatever it is, that's the decision with your therapy that you have to go with. It, there is so many different stuff out there right now mm -hmm. and that can become overwhelming so as long as you have that belief that this is going to make you better that you you do have to have that's the number one thing if you continue it with fear that fear is in the body make it if you do it confidently and say okay this is just one part of me and it's a hurdle I have to overcome and I think you said it earlier how many people are being diagnosed with cancer like mm -hmm. unfortunately like you said environmental impacts whether they're food or otherwise are really affecting us and it's not just one person anymore it's really a large portion of society and take it on with confidence and have that in your body I love that. And it's exactly what I tell my clients as well, because when they come to me, they're obviously coming to me. A lot of them are coming to me because all other options haven't worked um, because I work with people who have um, 
advanced cancers or where they have cancers that just aren't treatable um, or they have chronic diseases where, you know, they're like surgery is the only option or, you know, staying on these meds that make me feel terrible are the only option. And I have to say it, like when they come to me and the minute I sense that there's fear, like fear, like are you really, is there enough protein in my food or is there enough, you know, fats in this plant-based right. diet or, you know, what about the carbohydrates? I heard those are bad or I shouldn't be drinking juice because there's so much sugar. And a lot of these comments, I mean, they're not even... They're just coming from things that they heard, and I get it. But they really, you feel the difference between someone who goes, okay, you know what? I'll drink the juices every day. I will, you know, do the detox every day. I will eat the food every day. And they're super confident with it. And I see such a difference in people when they approach their healing out of a place of confidence where they take the fear. And I mean, the fear is going to be there, but they actually, it's almost like they pick it up and park it over here. <clears throat> yes. And I'll yeah. visit you later. Like once I go through this healing process, I'll come back and visit you and see if you're even welcome back into this body. And so, and it's that, and I love that advice that you give, no matter what you do, it doesn't matter what it is, just face it with confidence. Um, and that it's going to be the utmost right decision in that moment um, that's going to help you and heal you. Now, what was your mom going through at this time? She just had two kids in two years. How did she get through that? Like, what did she do? Well, she still has a hard time believing that I had a cancer because I think it's it's just hard for her to understand that and like face it because I think more than anyone, she takes more blame for it happening because she's like, well, maybe it was something that I fed them or what I did. Mm. So like it's it, although she did never 100% really acknowledge that mine was cancer, she was like, you had surgery. <laughs> and, right. Okay. <laughs> But um, like, I remember the first day when I actually finally told her because I did all the testing on my own. I didn't want to stress her out until I knew for sure. She came back from like Planet Organic with the most random selection of things from the store. <laughs> like a bar of soap, a root beer, two apples. And I'm like, okay, thanks. She's like, we're going to fight this. I'm like, okay. With a bar yes, of soap, good. yeah. Bottle of organic root beer and a couple apples. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. and a bar of soap yeah so like random things she saw at the store but like I think I think she recognizes too that like our paths are a little bit different for Adam and I there's like we say there's a reason that we were both diagnosed with cancer had cancer in our 30s and now are focusing on health and wellness obviously now we've like we see it now every day now that we've been finally be, been able to open up this beautiful space for people people are like so happy and thankful that we've been able to provide them with this kind of place where like we come in greet them with a smile and people come in sweat it out eat something healthy and they leave feeling like they've done something good for themselves and That's for amazing. their body and they're like thank you for this space you guys are so inspirational so great that like constantly we hear this and like so everything that led up to this, there was a reason for it. And that's my belief in why it had to happen the way it did. Yeah. And you're not just helping yourselves. Like you're not just focusing on your own health. You're focusing on the health of the community by opening yep. yourselves up and creating that yoga space and creating the green mustache um, and, you know, the cafe that serves all that healthy food. I mean, you really are helping so many people. Um, and do you have people who come in, like I know you talked about it a little bit at the beginning, but you have people that come in who like really do not eat this way, but they're willing to give it a try. A little bit. Yeah. Like certainly there's people that come in, eat and they say this is the only place that we will eat out 
period. But then we do have people coming and trying things for the first time. Today, actually, it was funny. There was a, a lady that came in and she's like, I'm buying for my boyfriend because he's not feeling well. And I suggested, which I often do for people that are a bit sick, immunity tea. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so delicious and wonderful. So I gave it to her. She smelt it and she's like, he's going to hate me for this. And I'm like, like just that mindset to mm-hmm. me is so like number one is she's doing such a great thing she's going out getting healthy food for him to take care of him and then for his reaction to like she's concerned that he might not appreciate that kind of flavor or something like that I was like this is the best thing if he's under the weather this will certainly help him clear things up but yeah it's it's funny to see how people react to food and react to you know, I don't know. It's just, I'm there to provide and what, how they accept it is up to them. Yeah. I find it so fascinating. I would just, even sometimes I think like, I'd love to video record, you know, people coming up and having their first experiences with this kind of food for the first time or the families that come in. I had one family. I remember when I opened the first location, they were family of five and they ate in our store over the seven days, 21 times. So every single meal. And they said to us, they said, They'd been coming to Whistler for 17 years and never once had they ever eaten out in a restaurant. They would always go buy their organic groceries, cook it at home, go skiing, you know, pack their lunches, haul them up to the top of the mountain, and that's just who they were. And then I remember having this one guy who came in and he, you know, definitely wasn't one of our avatar, you know, marketing customers that we would have drawn out. And he came in and he's like, like groaning and somebody told me to come in here and try the green juice and we were like okay here you go and gave him a green juice and he went and he's like I'm not gonna like this same thing and then then he left but then he came back a few hours later and I was like oh no he wants a refund he's gonna tell me that you know it made him feel terrible and instead he was like dancing in our cafe and he's like it's amazing I feel amazing like is this stuff supposed to make you vibrate inside and I will never forget this guy and then he would come in every day have an oatmeal have a green juice and um so it does change people's lives and by making them because it's probably one it is one of the hardest things to do because it's so time consuming and it doesn't have to be hard but definitely when you have to shop for the produce um wash it chop it you know, wait for it to cook or juice it or turn it into salad dressing. I mean, you, you're not cracking, you're not cracking open any bottles. You know, there's no can opener. There's no, you know, bags that you pop open and just whip things together. There's no microwave. So it is, um, it is, yeah, it is good work that you are doing in the world in Edmonton. And I really hope that a lot of people out there, um, will hear this story and know where you came from, um, and where you want to go with this all. And, um, and, you know, and just the good work that you're providing to, to the community. So one of the things that I would love to know is um, for you, now you have the cafe open, you have the yoga studio open. I mean, do you have any big, hairy, audacious goals? Or is this your big, hairy, audacious goal that you're living right now? Um, you know, and do you have any future plans for, you know, what you want to do for your health? Are there any other trainings you want to do? Or is there something that's piqued your interest that you're like, oh, I'd love to learn that or start doing that or start incorporating it? Um, not right now because you just just, opened um, it's survival mode still here with the two um every day there's something that pops up and so we're just trying to really promote 
this at the moment and what it is we're providing um like a whole health and wellness community it's not like i always say it's not this is not just a yoga studio it's not just a cafe this is a whole community that we're building here mm -hmm. so people can have a chance to take care of themselves from the inside out and a fun place to hang out it doesn't have to like usually it's a bar or restaurant that are your options and here we've done something different that people can spend time enjoy and what i love here is you'll see people from all ages shapes uh, physical ability becoming friends uh, in the change rooms or in the reception people you would normally not talk to are now your fast friends yeah, and I saw that when I was out at your location and just the people who came from far and wide and um, that, you know, it definitely feels like you're living out your big, hairy, audacious goal. But you also go beyond just having the yoga studio, like you are creating that health hub, but you do additional events there too. Um, you know, like you did some stuff over Christmas and New Year's. Oh, well, we, yeah, we had the best New Year's, the hottest New Year's party in Edmonton. Awesome. We had a yoga class at 1030, ended at midnight, and then we celebrated outside with some kombucha healthy delicious snacks and we danced here with kombucha by our sides to like two in the morning that <laughs> great. is an amazing way to bring in the new year i love yeah. it i love it so to wrap things up here because i know you are a busy lady and you have um businesses two businesses to run um what are some parting words that you want to leave for anybody out there who and it could be really in any realm so it could be with starting a business it could be if they're diagnosed with cancer um it could be with if they you know have never done yoga before i mean any three bits of advice that you would love to give to people um you know that they can hang on to um from eva from studio x and the green mustache and that will entice them to turn 2019 into an amazing year of healthy abundance um well, my one tidbit of advice is, and it's sometimes hard to hear, but everything always happens for a reason. Mm. Like, question it all you want, whether or not that's going to change anything. I think we know all the answer to that. But everything is meant for some kind of purpose. Like, I I would never change anything in my life. It, every experience gave me, it has made me me. Um, and so... If you're hearing this, you're listening to this, and I say in yoga class too, there's a reason you've come here. Maybe your friend brought you here. Maybe you heard about us on Instagram or whatever it is, but there's a reason you're here. Something drew you here. If you're listening to this podcast, there's a reason that you're hearing this and that you maybe Take a step into a yoga class. Take a step into a healthy food restaurant. Start taking care of yourself. We've been a little bit neglectful of ourselves. We've been pretty abusive to our bodies. Most of us, not all of us. And things are shifting a little bit and we have to take care of ourselves so then we can start taking care of the people around us. Yeah, so we can start taking care of each other. I love that. That's really good piece of, of advice. And I go with that as well. And you reminded me actually of when I had come back from India, this like over 20 years ago, and a friend called me the next day and I was jet lagged. And she said, hey, I have climbing passes. Do you want to go learn how to boulder and climb at the local climbing gym? It was the edge in North Vancouver. And I remember saying, 
I don't climb. Like, I'm not going to go start climbing and I'm jet lagged and I'm just going to go like back to bed and go back to my life as I knew it before. You know, I mean, obviously India did change me in so many beautiful ways. Um, But instead I said, yes. And I went and I climbed that day. It was only a two hour class, um, learned how to belay and that sent me on a trajectory of climbing where I didn't stop climbing from that day onwards. And I climbed every single day for two years. My body changed. Like I couldn't believe that my body could look like that. And it all came not from going out and running. It didn't come from doing diets. It didn't come from any of that stuff. It really was, became so strong and muscular just for showing up and doing something I loved doing every single day. Um, and I'd totally forgotten about that when you just, you know, you have that little sign, um, for some reason, like maybe it was just that Instagram post and that can absolutely change your world and change your life. Um, so I do want to interview your brother and we're going to do that at another date um, because I know he has a whole entire different version um, of his own experience of being diagnosed and going through treatment. And I want to um, share that story with the world as well. I know my husband got to spend a lot of time chatting with him about that and he was so deeply moved by his story, just like I was so deeply moved by yours as well. Um, so thank you so much, Eva, for being here on the Eat Real to Heal podcast. Um, if anybody wants to know what it means to eat real to heal it truly means just returning to an organic plant-based whole foods real food unprocessed unrefined lifestyle it's not about doing a diet but we encourage you with our book we walk you through doing it just for five weeks and it's our way of tricking you into creating good habits if you can stick to something for three weeks um, to five weeks then chances are you've turned it into a positive habit that you're going to want to hang on to so get a copy of our book Eat Real to Heal, you can buy it. Do you have copies at your cafe still? Yes, we do. Okay, great. So you can pop into the Green Mustache in Studio X on Jasper Ave in Edmonton, Alberta. Pick up a copy. You can order it online as well. And go check out Eva's amazing, gorgeous yoga studio, Bikram Yoga. So hot yoga. So you're going to be sweating out beautiful toxins. You're going to allow that heat to warm your body and to allow your body to... um, to just melt into beautiful stretches and poses. Um, do you do meditation there as well? I, it is a 90 minute moving meditation we say. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And that is exactly what yoga is. It is a moving meditation, which is beautiful. So check out her green mustache cafe, check out her yoga studio and let us know what you think. Um, we know you're going to fall in love with her, her brother, her mother. It is a family business. Um, and let us know what you think about this podcast as well. We'll be typing up some notes and, um, are there any good, have, did you come across any good books? that you read? Is there any, was there any one podcast or book or anything as well that has inspired you over the last little while that you want to share with people? Me personally, not that I can think of. Not that you, okay, that's good. That's no. good. No, it's always, um, it's the, e- you could just say it's the e- Reality Heal podcast. That's good. Right. It's, it's your show on the e- Reality Heal podcast. Um, okay. So thanks so much for being here and taking the time to share your story. We know it's going to help all of our listeners that hear it. Thanks for My being pleasure. here. Yeah, have a great Thank day. Same to you. Bye-bye, Nicolette. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for being here today. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And please let us know if you have any questions or if you want to provide feedback on any of our shows 
contact us by emailing us at info at richerhealth.ca. And you can also subscribe to our newsletter to receive information about our upcoming events, to learn more about the healing retreats that we offer at our Nutrition and Detox Wellness Center, and to get a copy of our latest book titled Eat Real to Heal, of course. Lastly, if you want one of us to do the cooking for you, just come visit us at the Green Mustache Organic Cafe in your neighborhood.